0: Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of Business Leader Insight today, uh, brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Perplex Marketing. Business Leader is the UK's leading B2B media platform and is a print magazine, powerful events network and website that's updated daily with news and insights. So let's begin. Um, Good to have you with us today, Brad. Good morning, Ollie.
1: Thanks for having
0: me. How are you?
1: I'm very well, mate. I'm uh, keeping myself busy. In amongst uh, trying to keep fit, uh, two young kids and uh, running Tiki Tonga. So life pace has changed considerably, but uh, at least I have lots to do.
0: That's good. I mean, and to kick off, Brad, there'll be lots of people who know you. But for those that don't, can you just give a brief overview to, to your career? Uh, yes.
1: Yeah, so I grew up in South Africa. Um, I represented the Sharks between 2006 and 2008, uh, moved to Saracens in 2008, Um, have been part of the Saracens team now for sort of 13 seasons. I've been captain for the last five seasons, uh, represented England between 2010 and 2015, um, had 26 caps represented the lions in the 2013, uh, lions tour and, um, launched Tiki Tonga coffee roasters about three and a half years ago. Um, it's been a great sort of passage, um, you know, did a masters between 2009 and 2014 at the University of Hertfordshire, and you know, being able to sort of dip your toe into your own business as an entrepreneur, entrepreneur has been uh, really rewarding.
0: I just yeah, you, you mentioned Tiki Tonga there, and, and and the work you've done around that. I mean, what 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 led you to want to set up a coffee company?
1: It probably stemmed from a passion. Um, I think having been fortunate enough to have my passion as my job for. 15 odd years in, in sport and in rugby in particular, I thought, you know, why don't I do something that I love? And coffee is something that I've grown to, to love more and more with each year that I've been involved in it. Um, you know, it's such an incredible product and its range of uses is, is far surpassing other products. And I was tired of seeing coffee pitched as a East London shortage hipster brand. I thought, you know, coffee is so accessible and so widely used in professional sport. I thought, why not gear it around sport? So as a brand, we are inspired by sport, but more importantly, strive to bring people together, much like sport does.
0: Now, thanks, um, Brad. And obviously, this is a difficult time for businesses, large and small across the country and, and the world due to uh, COVID-19. I mean, how has your, your business been affected, Brad?
1: Well, I think as Tiki Tonga, we had three sort of main revenue streams. Um, primarily before COVID, it was business to business. Uh, we supply blue chip companies, restaurants, hotels, cafes, bars, you name it. And as badly as the hospitality sector has been hit, obviously so has our sort of supply chain. We also had a, a wide ranging advanced business, um, you know, we are a coffee partner to Tottenham Hotspur, to Saracens, to the Tour of Britain Cycling event. We've worked at Lords, Tough Mudder, a wide range of sort of high-profile sporting events, and sadly, these have all been put on ice. Um, the third pillar, which has obviously been the saving grace during this period, is our, our B2C channels, mm-hmm. uh, which largely stems from our website, www.tikitonga.co.uk. Uh, we also have a, a sales channel through Ocado and Amazon, and during this period, we've seen, you know, the, the consumer who's largely been used to going to your high street store has become really coffee proficient at home. And the people up buying in terms of what they usually do online has been incredible. So we've been really fortunate to have this channel because that um, sales projection has truly blossomed during this period. And we're putting a lot of time and effort into our B2C channel and ensuring our customer satisfaction is at a, a, at a premium.
0: Thanks, Brad. So so you're you're adapting then to that 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 B2C pillar and, and that that's kind of f- for the foreseeable uh, and during this that, that's what you're gonna be focusing on.
1: Yeah, I think it's always been a, a strong point of ours. Um we we've always had an impetus into pushing forward for it, but I think now it's it's now a time to really put all our focus and energy behind it because you've seen the growth, but also because the other side of the business is gonna suffer in the short term. So it's a it's a sales channel and mechanism that we're constantly looking to improve and grow um, as time goes by.
0: Well, thank you. Matt. And just just moving on, um, just just away from that specific business, Brad. Obviously, you you were born in South Africa, as you mentioned, and you still have a few kind of business interests on that side of the world. I mean, c- can you give us a comparison to how South Africa and, and the UK um, have reacted to COVID nineteen in 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 both their approaches?
1: Well, Tiki Tonga also fortunate to be in South Africa too. Um, mm-hmm. We have two coffee shops and also a B2C and B2B supply network there. I guess where South Africa has struggled is it sort of lacks the technical infrastructure that, you know, Tiki Tonga UK have. We were very much reliant on the the sales channel of people turning up at our store. It was a great meeting hub. You know, the brand was inspired about connecting people and we had a great um you know, strive. We had running clubs every week that used to meet there. We had a, a Wednesday Tiki Tonga run, which attracted around 200 people every week who did their run, came and met up for a coffee afterwards. So we've had to work a little bit harder there in allowing our online website to be able to supply the the desire for coffee. But in terms of the infrastructure, the delivery mechanisms of, you know, they don't have the, the benefit of a Royal Mail or a DPD, um, a lot more of that structuring around delivery has been a lot more troublesome.
0: So yeah, uh, back to questions then. Uh, Brad, I mean, you've had a varied business background, which which we kind of discussed. You've also uh, achieved a lot of success uh, in rugby. I mean, what keeps you motivated to work as hard on your business as as you've had to in uh, in rugby?
1: I think it probably stems to what I I mentioned earlier. Um, You know, I went into the business because it was a passion of mine. I wanted to start something that I wholeheartedly believed in and something that I wouldn't feel like I'm dragging myself to do so I think every day I'm excited about the prospect of looking to see where Tiki Ponga can grow Looking to see where it can prosper and that's very much stems from my sporting background I think you don't start rugby and you don't uh, start a passion to go into it for financial reward I think if you do it because it's something that makes you feel good, so at the moment, Tiki Tonga has been a blessing in disguise because it's given me a focus. It's given me a purpose, and I can wholeheartedly say it's something I really love doing every day.
0: And just just on that, on that, on on the subject of that of of the mix between rugby and, and and business. I mean, are there any lessons that you've learned whilst you're playing rugby that you carried over into your into your management style?
1: Yeah, I think there's, especially in terms of uh, you know the COVID lockdown period. Um, you learn that you know your discipline and your ability to stick on task and get the things completed that you want to do are, are pivotal, especially in a small business. You know there's various roles that need to be fulfilled by a smaller amount of people. So it's that tireless sort of work rate and discipline to do the tasks that you need to do um, and not letting uh, go of the, you know the crystal ball. Um, I think the other thing that's quite evident in, in COVID, you know, we had various opportunities of possibly using our um, events team to do different situations. And you probably learn that through this, and it probably stems from my sporting background, is that you know, don't ask someone to do something that you're not prepared to do yourself. Um, and as a business, we sort of stick to that motto that if there's a task we're going to require one of our staff um, to do, let's make sure that we are prepared to do it from and, and lead from the front. So, you know, there's various sort of strategies and things I've learned and picked up um, through sport, and it's having that air of transparency and, you know, that that honesty that when you look in the mirror and ask your staff to do something, they're not turning their backs and going, oh, that's very nice, but, you know, what are you doing? So, you know, I think as a business, we we like to lead from the front and and show the way.
0: And thanks there brad j- j- just staying on on the theme of, of leadership and it's the, the final question uh, from me obviously it's, it's a difficult time for businesses we've discussed but it's also an uncertain time for, for people in sport because you, you you're not able to do what you usually do i mean how do you keep mentally resilient with those kind of dual pressures
1: yeah i think there's various coping strategies um again finding a purpose to each day i think everyone's spoken of the monotony of uh a working week and a weekend. I mean, you know, a Monday feels like a Sunday, and a Sunday feels like a Wednesday. But it's having a purpose and try achieve some deliverable tasks every day. So, you know, I've I've set a sort of checklist of you know what I can achieve within a working week, what I can do uh, performance wise, whether it be using my son as a dumbbell or um, <laughs> as a kettlebell. Um, it's it's finding a unique way to do the normal tasks you do in a slightly different surrounding. I think what we can't forget is also the incredible family time we're getting to have. I think in terms of my first son, uh, his first six months of life, I probably spent you know twenty, thirty nights with him. Um, preparing for a World Cup, finishing off the season with Saracens, we didn't have any of that sort of time together with my my new my newborn son. Now, you know, it's twenty four seven, and I think. When the lockdown completely ends, I think people will be able to, in some small way, reflect on, you know, that incredible bonding time as a young family.
0: Now, that's um, yeah, interesting. And congratulations, Brad, on, on the newborn there as well. Thank you. Um, Yeah, we'll just take some questions now uh, from the audience. Uh, As you may expect, Brad, we've got quite a few rugby-related ones. So apologies for anyone who isn't a rugby um, fan. But the first one in um, from Brian was, who was the best fly half you have ever played with?
1: Um, Yeah, tough question. I think there's there's two that I'm going to note. The first one being my um, good buddy and teammate from the Sharks, Butch James. Um, which was just someone I loved playing with. Um, As a young kid growing up in Durban, he was something that I had a huge amount of respect for and, you know, idolized as a kid. And then to pull on that Sharks jersey with him in the latter years was, you know, a, a dream fulfilled. And it was probably more the way he made me feel as a young player. He never felt, made me feel that if I made a mistake, he was going to come down hard on me or make me feel inadequate. So the mentorship sort of role he played in my early years uh, was pivotal to how I would carry on my career and how I hope to be as a senior player in my latter years. Um, the next one, you know, being my teammate Owen Farrell, um, in terms of uh, a work rate and a desire and will to win, um, he's been incredible teammates. Uh, we've been playing together, you know, since 2010. So, you know, 10 years plus, whether it be in an England shirt, a Saracen shirt, um, he's someone that I have a huge amount of uh, trust for but also a belief in that when the game time arrived I knew he'd be ready so having having him alongside me over this past 10 years uh, we've built a, a great team a team partnership and you know he's someone that I've really enjoyed playing with
0: Thanks, uh, Brad. Now this one is a difficult one. So sorry to put you on the spot, but who did you support in the 2019 Rugby World Cup final?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a question I get asked all the time. <laughs> I think for me to have any air of credibility, I pledged my rugby playing uh, future to England, and you know there was six or seven guys within that England squad who'd been teammates of mine for ten years, so you know, for, for the sake of my my rugby playing uh, career and my teammates, I wanted England to win. However, the fact that South Africa won, um, I couldn't be more happy for them as a country. South Africa has gone through some sort of terrible passages in, in recent history. And, you know, for the story of Sia Khaleesi and that Springbok team to have come where they were 18 months ago to put that trophy up, um, I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't a happy man. And the positive effect that had on millions across South Africa was truly inspirational.
0: Yeah, thanks, um, uh, Brad. A uh, uh, good answer there. And um, the next question is uh, another. It m- might be difficult for you to answer, but when do you think we'll see professional rugby back on our TV screens?
1: Your guess is as good as mine, guys. I hope hopefully yeah. sooner than later. There's various sort of uh, concerning things with Sarah. Uh, Saracens, with um, COVID is that, you know, rugby is a contact sport. In terms of transmission of the disease, I think it's going to have to dissipate to a level where testing is going to have to be done within training regimes, uh, you know, daily to ensure that it doesn't grow. And I think everyone is concerned about the the greater safety of uh, the wider population and I guess within every family you don't want to expose someone in your family who might be susceptible to the disease. So, I'm hoping soon, I'm hoping you know the government will get on top of it and rugby may resume. If I were a betting man, I would like to think by the end of July uh, we should have seen a rugby game broadcast on television.
0: So we've actually got one from Hector in uh, oh, South Africa. Hector's
1: um, a good friend of mine, uh, teammates from <laughs> he
0: well, yeah. He, he was on
1: prop and more importantly now, he's uh, one of South Africa's top chefs. Uh, working across Johannesburg. So hello, Hector. Thanks for the question, buddy. we yeah. you look at franchising Tiki Tonga? Um, at this point in time, I think, you know, um, Tiki Tonga want to remain that, you know, wholesome image and wholesome brand. I think the thing that we put a, a, a huge amount of emphasis on is our customer satisfaction in terms of the way we interact with our customers. We make a point of, answering every question within our franchise stores or our our brand owned stores in South Africa. It's all about the people there, Um, the people who are running it, the baristas who are doing an incredible job of interacting with customers. So I'll never say never, but it's definitely not in the plans within the next 18 months.
0: Thank you, uh, Brad. Just one question which has come in uh, as well. I mean, could you tell us one fact about you that people won't be able to find online? Um a fact. It's a good question. Um, are you a, a secret, strictly Come dancing fan, something like that? I'm
1: I'm I'm lyrically tone deaf, so I can't <laughs> think. Um due to my rigid physique, I don't move so well on the dance floor either. <laughs>
0: um
1: an interesting fact would be I'm gonna go because there's been a few rugby questions. Um, I'm the fourth generation. Barrett to have played in the Curry Cup. My dad, my grandfather, and my great-grandfather all represented Zimbabwe, or what was then Rhodesia, in the Curry Cup. So I played for the Nintel Sharks in the Curry Cup, and I was a a fourth-generation Barrett to represent um, someone in in the Curry Cup.
0: Now, thanks, uh, Brad. Um, question from FBAR123. One, one, Have you taken any learnings from current previous coaches and use them in your business?
1: Uh, that's a very good question. Um, I think, you know, what I've learned from a, a few of the coaches, in particular, I'll speak about the most too recent. Um, you know, Brendan Fenter, I think his passion for what he did was infectious. I think his ability to get the best out of the people he's working with was one of his unique skills and attributes. And I think that's something that I would like to grow and learn from and, and further implement is the way you can impact the people around you by the person you are. Um, and you know, Brendan someone I learned a, a huge amount from in that capacity and someone that, you know, I have an immense amount of respect for, um, Mark McCall, I think probably from a work rate perspective, um, you know, a more uh, gently spoken person than Brendan, but I think the work he does behind the scenes, uh, the preparation, the attention to detail, uh, and leaving no stone unturned in terms of having the team in the best position to win is another attribute I want to bring to business.
0: Great. Uh, Thank you uh, for that, Uh, Brad. Those um, were the questions. So I just want to say, Thank you very much, Brad, for your, for your time today. I thought that was, was really uh, insightful. A- any final thoughts, Brad?
1: Yeah, just thank you to everyone for joining me on the Business Leader Magazine show today. Uh, it was a pleasure to be here. Uh, we'd love you to give us a try at Tiki Tonga. So we've uh, created a personal discount code, Business Leader 10 uh, to use at www.tikitonga.co.uk. Thanks, guys. Take care.
0: Brilliant. Thank you, Brad.